0: As we talk about walking with Jesus, there's four simple things I wanna leave you with today that I believe will help you really walk with Christ. And so they're not complicated things, they're simple, but we need to be reminded of these things. And so how do you really walk with Jesus? How do you really have a personal relationship with on a daily basis? Well, the first thing is this. Walking with Jesus means you spend time with Him. Walking with Jesus means you actually spend time with Him. How do you spell love, T-I-M-E? If you really love someone, you spend time with them. You love your kids, you spend time with them. If you love the Lord, you spend time with them. So what does that look like? It says in John chapter 12, it says, if you want to be my disciple, you must come and follow me because my servants must be where I am. And if they follow me, the Father will honor them. It says in Mark chapter three, the plan was that they would be with him and then he would send them out to proclaim the word. So his disciples, his plan was really simple. You guys, He, he recruited 12 guys He said, y'all hang out with me and then I'm gonna send you out. And that's what we, the same with us. He wants us to hang out with him, and he's going to send us out to make a difference. And so I don't know if you've ever noticed before when I come out on stage, uh, when the lights are down and the video's playing right before I come out, uh, when, when I get out here, I'm actually walking out holding my Bible in my arm. My hand is always turned this way, and I'm actually holding Christ's hand as I walked out. And so it's something I do just to remind myself that Christ is up here with me, because you don't want to hear what I have to say. You want to hear what Christ has to say. And so I just reminded myself that, that I'm doing this in Christ. And so one of the things I like to do actually during the week is about three or four times a week, I just walk my block and I literally walk with Jesus and I just talk to him. And, you know, the Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit is, is a counselor, a guide. So when I'm walking, Jesus, it just sounds like this. So this is what i got going on. Lord, what do you want me to do about this? Or what do you want me to do about that? I'm just thinking about this. And I don't know, I had this idea, but I want to make sure it was really from you. Is this what you want? Should you want me to do something different? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I've got this problem. I need to know what you want me to do about this problem. Lord, I'm just, I don't know how to fix this. Could you just show me what to do? I'm just talking with God. And I find just walking with the Lord and just talking with him. Sometimes I don't even have a solution by the end of my talk, but guess what? I always have peace knowing he's got it. You ever been worried up late at night, can't sleep? One thing that I learned to do is, is to calm my mind down as I just stop and say, Lord, I want to thank you that you're up all night. You don't sleep. The Bible says the Lord never sleeps, never slumbers. So God, would you stay up all night and worry about this while well, I can go to sleep? So I'm going to go to sleep because I know you got this. And I know you'll give me some clarity by the morning if I'll just get some good sleep. So then I roll over in peace, get some sleep, and oftentimes I wake up with a great idea that God has given me. So I just want to encourage you to trust the Lord, literally walk with Him. How many of you guys do devotionals on your phone? Anybody do devotionals on your phone? That's great. Uh, my, my, my mentor, actually, I was just with him this week, um, Pastor Craig, his church, Life Church, created the U Bible app. It's an incredible Bible app. Literally, millions of people download that app. It's, it's amazing. You've got all kinds of Bible reading plans you can do. That's great. But one of the things I want to encourage you to do, because we're so easily distracted today, before you open up your Bible app, download. Whatever, whatever Bible reading plan you're going, maybe you're using a devotional, just reading the Bible straight. Either way, download it to your phone to so where it's not streaming. And then when you open Bible app, before you do it, go to your settings and click airplane mode. Because now you can't click over to Instagram or Twitter or the news or whatever. It keeps you focused on your time with the Lord. Does that help you? I also want to encourage you to, I like to have a place in my home or my office that's just me and God. When I sit there and I've got my Bible open, this is just me and God time. Oftentimes, that's our formal dining room. I sit there, and we never eat there, so I just sit there, right? And I kind of make it my place with me and God. We rarely eat there, I should say. But that's just a time with me and the Lord. Also, another thing I like to do is I like to pace and pray. And so I have a little kind of a runway that I just pace and pray in my home and I'm just talking to God and pacing and back and forth and, and, and lifting up different things that I'm concerned about to the Lord. But I like to have a place. I know a guy that he pulls up in his work about 15 minutes early, puts his car in park and he has his Bible and his journal with him in the car and then he clears a spot in the front seat and he you always know, says, I want to make sure you have a spot to sit, Jesus. Isn't that great? Just the simplicity of that. You know, oh, let me move all this there there, Jesus. Now you can sit down. And he opens his journal and his Bible, and he just spends some time with the Lord. I love that. So I just want to encourage you to have a place that is where you spend time with the Lord. If you don't have a specific place, get a place. Maybe you get a certain Bible that this is your Bible that you just spend time with the Lord. I have a preaching Bibles that I preach from. I have Bibles I study from. But then I have a Bible that it's only for me and the Lord. And as a preacher, I want to tell you something. A lot of times I'll get some new insight that God gave me. And I'm like, oh, I'll get all excited about it. And I write it down. And the Lord will sometimes tell me, that's just for us. That's not for public consumption. That's not for you to preach. From. This is just for us. I'm like, okay, thank you, God. That's how I know my relationship with him is personal. It's not always just about me teaching you something. No, it's about, Lord, what do you have for me in my walk with you? There's things that I share with my wife that are just for us. Why would I not have it that way with God? There's some stuff that just mean him. So I want to encourage you, make it personal. God wants to personally walk with you and know you. Maybe God is speaking to you today and he's just saying, I missed my time with you. I have so much to share with you. Maybe you're consumed with worry because you won't give God just a few minutes every day. If you'll do that, you'll get clarity. You'll have peace. You'll know God's on this. I don't have to worry about that. Oftentimes we're worried or stressed out. Why isn't this happened in my life yet? Why am I not there yet? And God's like, I got this. And so, the Lord, when He opens doors, no man can shut them. Just trust your life in the Lord's hands. He's got you where He wants you to be. So, I just want to encourage you spend that time with God. Walking with Jesus means you spend time with Him. Also, number two, walking with Jesus means you choose Him over all others. Now, this is a little controversial, I'm not going to lie, but let me show you the scripture on this. It says in Luke chapter 14 If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father and your mother wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. I I can see a little boy sitting in the front row right Oh, I have no problem hating my sister. That's not a problem at all. No, we're not talking about that. (laughs) It says by comparison. It's not actually asking you to hate anyone, right? And so he says, otherwise you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Can I let you in on something? If you're gonna follow Christ and really walk with him, there's gonna be some people, some relationships you have to give up. I just need to let you know that right now, because some people take you further from Christ rather than closer to Him, let's be honest. And so when I was single forever ago, you know, I've been married a long time, but, but back in the 1800s when I was single, I will tell you, there were several people I broke up with because I realized the relationship was taking me further from God rather than closer to God, and sometimes they were Christians. It doesn't mean they weren't Christians. I, I never dated someone that wasn't a Christian. I always dated people who were Christians, but that doesn't mean they're drawing me closer to the Father. And I'm so glad I was willing to end those relationships that were not God-honoring, and and because because God blessed me with an amazing marriage because I was willing to wait on the Lord. And even when God brought me my wife, Jessica, when we were dating, we still waited on the Lord, on his timing, on everything, and God has blessed that 28 years later. Just wanna encourage you, there are some things you have to give up. There's some friends I had in high school, I couldn't hang out with them anymore. I realized I was like, yeah, when I hang out with them, I talk in ways that don't honor God. I do things that don't honor God. I can't, I can't hang out with them. I'm just telling you right now, that, that some of them, a couple of his friends were mad at me about it. They were like, Man, you, don't have, you never call us anymore. You never hang out. They were upset. I was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I didn't have a good explanation. I just knew I couldn't because if I did, I wouldn't be honoring God with my life. I wanted to reach him for Christ, but they were very clear they weren't interested. I was like, well, that's all I'm interested in. And so I just really didn't hang out with them that much. Now, I'm not saying to go to some friend and go, we're no longer going to hang out because I'm making Jesus my friend and not you. No, I'm not saying do that. I'm not suggesting you say that to anyone, but you may need to put some distance between you and someone who is taking you further from God rather than closer to God. Let me show you scripture on this. It says in Mark chapter 12, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only God, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Is there someone that you hang out with that that makes you not love God with all your heart? You're, you're kind of splitting up like there's almost like there's two yous when you're with them. You're a different person than when you're with, walking with the Lord. It may be time to to call it on that friendship. So I, I I can't hang out with that person. I should hang out with them a lot less. You may need to end a relationship with someone that you're not honoring God with, that that God says, no, I have a a higher ways for you. And so, you know, I, I hear people tell me, but I've been with this person for so long. Oh, so length of mistake means it's not a mistake? See, length doesn't fix that, does it? Is it honoring God or is it not? I just want to encourage you right now. Did you actually think that following Jesus wouldn't cost you something? A faith that doesn't cost you anything isn't worth anything. A true faith is going to cost you some friendships. It's going to cost you some popularity. It's going to cost you some relationships. I know a man who came to me and said, I was given an incredible job offer. I would make hundreds of thousands of dollars. I turned him down because the places they want me to take clients to close a deal, I can't go and honor God. So it cost him money. And I told him, I said, you may have lost. You think you're my, what, $20,000, 30000 oh, at least. I said, yeah, but divorce is much more expensive. Trust me, you're doing good. Our faith costs us something. Jesus, to be in a relationship with us, it cost him his life on the cross. Why would it not cost us something? So I just wanna encourage you to know that you're gonna really walk with Christ. This is the real deal. If you're gonna really walk with the Lord, it's gonna cost you some things. There's some places you can't go, some people you can't be around if you're gonna really walk with the Lord. My daughter's looking at colleges right now. She's got another year in, in school, but, but she's, she's starting to look at colleges. And she said, well, what are my options? I said, anything, as long as the college uh, that you go to that teaches about b- a belief in God and about Jesus, I don't care where you go to college other than that. And I said, but I will not pay money for you to come back and tell me there is no God. I'm not gonna pay money for that. I'm sorry, I'm not, th- I'm not doing that. We're just not gonna do it. I just want to encourage you to understand this, that that your beliefs matter, and so you you can get a great education, but what does it matter if you become an educated idiot? What does it matter if you suddenly believe there's no God? You know the arrogance of that? If you just say, oh, there's no God, well, do you think he's suddenly not going to exist because you said that? And so why do you think your heart's still beating? Please explain that. Find a doctor who can explain that. Doesn't exist because there's a God that makes it heartbeat. So I just want to encourage you, why, why, is this earth the, why is our planet the only one that's privileged that can have life the way, the way we do it? Colonize all the planets as much as you want. It will never be like this earth. Why? God created this place for us. God is there, and he built this whole universe. He designed it for you and mine. There's so much evidence that there's a God. I refuse to let anything enter my mind that takes me from the heart of God, from the mind of God. In the mind of Christ, I refuse to have any relationship with someone who takes me and weakens my strength. This says, Love the Lord God with what? All your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. If I hang out with certain people, they weaken my strength for God. Other people strengthen me in God. Who are you hanging out with? We've got to think about what are we consuming? What are you putting in our mind? Is it drawing you closer to the Father or further from the Father? So we have to think like that. You may say, Gosh, this seems so extreme. No, it's just walking with Jesus. In the same way, I'm married to Jessica. If you don't like Jessica, I don't like you. It's not complicated you don't like her, then we're not friends. Why? Because I'm devoted to her. So if you don't like her, we're done. That's how I roll. How about you? Are you that way? If you don't like my Jesus, we ain't hanging out. It's not complicated. Why? Because I'm devoted to him. My entire heart, my entire soul, my entire mind, my entire strength. It's all about Christ to me. And if anything weakens that, I'm not interested. That's what it means to walk with Christ. It costs the disciples relationships to walk with Christ. And so it will cost you at the same time. Just know that going in. And so walking with Jesus means you choose him over all others. Number three, walking with Jesus means you obey him. So what's the evidence of obedience? It's fruit. Fruit just means results. Fruit in your life. Look at scripture. John chapter 8, verse 31 says, if you continue to obey my teaching, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you what? Ah, so you tell me where you're tied up when you're not free and I'll tell you where you're not obeying truth. If you're trying to figure out why is this area of my life not working, I'm in bondage in this particular area, that's the area you bought into a lie. You just tell me where things aren't working in your life and I'll tell you that's where there's a lie somewhere. Somewhere in there, there's a lie you bought into. If you see fruit hanging off a tree, that branch, that that limb is connected to the tree, to the root. But if the fruit gets brown or falls off too early, it's not ripe, that means it's not producing good fruit. That means the limb somehow got pinched off or severed. You tell me the area of your life that you're lacking fruit, you're lacking results, and I'll tell you the area of your life that you've now disconnected from God's truth. It's a great way to just look at your life and say, okay, God, this isn't working. What am I not obeying your word in? Oh, my marriage is just not working. Okay, let's look at the scripture on marriage. It says love one another, serve one another, forgive one another. Are you not doing one of those? Then of course your marriage isn't gonna work because you're not serving one another. You're not loving each other. You're not forgiving them for something they've said or done. And so if you don't do those things, you're severing, you're severing yourself. You're not gonna have fruit in your marriage. Oh man, things aren't working financially in my life. Well, are you honoring God's word financially? Are you bringing the tithe? Are you bringing the first fruits? How about this? Uh, all the scripture talks about uh, not overspending. You know how much verses in Proverbs talks about not over-indebting yourself? You know, are you obeying those scriptures? If not, did you expect to have fruit in your life that, that you produced by disobeying his word? You just tell me the area not working in your life and I'll tell you this. somewhere in there, there's a lie you started to believe. Well, it got quiet in this place. (laughs) So I just want to challenge you to really begin to look and say, from the root to the fruit, where is the disconnect? If there's a disconnect anywhere in there, let me go back and get that connected so that I can see the fruit, the the results that I want in my life. And by the way, fruit can be produced on a tree in the middle of a storm. It doesn't mean you're always going to have good times, but fruitful trees produce in the middle of hard times too. Did you know that? Because your fruit is not dependent upon the weather it's dependent upon your connection to the root. So I just want to challenge you that even in hard times, yeah, COVID's been a tough season. It doesn't mean you can't have spiritual fruit in your life. You still can. You can have a great marriage in the middle of a hard time. You can have a great relationship with your family in the middle of difficult times. You can still be blessed financially even in the middle of a difficult economy. Why? Because there can still be fruit. So I just want to challenge you with this to make sure you're connected. It says in John fifteen seven, if you continue to live in me and what I say lives in you, then ask for anything you want and it'll be yours. You give glory to my Father when you produce a lot of fruit and therefore show that you are my disciples. Let me tell you something right now. If there's an area of your life that you're not producing results, the Bible is very clear. It says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Where are you disconnected from God? Where are you not obeying Him? That's the area you're in bondage. You want to set yourself free? Simply obey His word. It's not complicated. We are to walk with the Lord. And as the Lord begins to lead us to, to fix things in our lives, say, hey, this is, man, Lord, this is really just going bad. The Lord, the Lord will convict you. We oftentimes run from conviction. We don't like I don't like coming to church. I always feel bad. Uh, I think that's called <laughs> conviction. But instead of running from it, instead, why don't you let God work on you? Because he's not trying to tell you how bad you are. He's trying to help you go from a bad life, meaning a fruitless life, to a thriving life. God's not pointing his finger at you to judge you. He's pointing his finger like this saying, come here, I love you. I've got better plans for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to walk with you. And as you walk with him, he'll begin to convict you about the areas to change in your life. You make those changes and all of a sudden, oh, wow, look at that. Things start going better in my marriage. Things start going better with my kids. Things start going better in my career. Things start going better in my life. Oh, wow, look, I'm happier. Why? Because my mind has stayed on thee because my mind is on you instead of all the craziness of this world. It's amazing how God will take you from bondage to freedom if you'll just run to his truth. Does that help somebody today? Yeah. Grab a hold of his truth. It's there to help you. It really is. Walking with Jesus means you obey Him. The evidence is that there is fruit. If there's no fruit, that's the area to obey Him. By the way, just a little quick note: Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, "If my people who will call by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and repent, then I'll heal their land." Where do you need healing? You got to repent. What this means is, that it's not enough to say, "Oh, I'm so sorry, God." God says, "I'm I'm glad you're sorry, and I'm glad you asked for forgiveness, but I've already forgiven you because of the cross." What really needs to happen is repentance. What does repentance mean? Repentance means go down a different road. So for a real change to happen in your life, you can't just say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and then go back and do the same thing again. You gotta say, I'm so sorry, Lord, and now I'm gonna go a different path. Does that make sense? Don't expect new results in your life if you keep going down the same worn old path. To get a new result, you gotta go down a different road. God wants to change the directions that we're going. Last part, walking with Jesus means you serve others willingly and you're humble. God wants us to be humble. Mark chapter nine says this, he sat down and called the 12 apostles. He told them, whoever wants to be the most important person must take the last place and be a servant to everyone else. Jesus is like, you wanna be a big deal? Make everything you do about others and not about yourself. Isn't it funny? Have you noticed this on Instagram or Facebook or you know any of the other platforms. It's like people are trying to make everything about themselves, and the more they try to show off, the 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 smaller they seem. But if you'll make life about others, God will make your life big. Don't make life about yourself. Let me ask you a simple question. Are you using God to make yourself famous, or are you letting God use you to make him famous? We're so about ourselves when God wants us to be about others. It says in Philippians chapter two, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, he literally is God walking around, right? He did not regard equality with God, the thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God Highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Jesus didn't walk this earth and say, everyone worship me. He didn't do that. He came to serve others. And if Jesus can serve others, (laughs) then why would I not be be about others? Well, am I above Christ? We're supposed to be serving others. Make your life about other people. You want to make yourself happy? Quit trying to make yourself happy. You want to really make yourself happy? Make other people happy. Be a blessing to other people, and it just makes you happy. That's just how that works. If I want marriage to be great, don't make it about me. If I make it about my spouse, if I make it my life about my family, not about myself, if I walk in my house and go, I'm in charge, I'm the head of this household, then I'm really not. But instead, if I come in and just serve my family, then guess what happens? God elevates my leadership in the eyes of my children and my wife if I will make it about them and not about myself. This is so countercultural to make life about others. If you will make life about others, God will lift you up. Why don't you let God do the lift? Why don't you let God brag on you? Instead of you bragging on you, let God brag on you. It says in James 4, it says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. But we're so busy trying to lift ourselves up. Instead, he will lift you up. I've discovered that the best way I can get you to think I'm a great preacher is to not try to show I'm a great preacher. First of all, I'm probably just an average preacher. What I'd rather do would be to focus on what you need. If I'll focus on what you need, God blesses that. If I'll focus on other people, God will bless that. Does that make sense? If you'll begin to get your eyes off yourself and put your eyes on others, how can I be a blessing? How can I make a difference in someone else's life? God will use you greatly. You want to increase your career automatically? Can I just tell you, help you get a raise automatically? Don't ask for it. Go in and just start adding value to everyone around you. How can I help other people around me? How can I help all my employees? How can I help all my coworkers? How can I make my boss look great? How can I just do everything for them? You will be indispensable in your company if you begin to do that. Get your eyes off yourself. Help others. It's a game changer. It really is. And be humble about it too. Isn't it funny how we can even serve and make it about ourselves? Did you see me serving? Take a picture of me serving. <laughs> it's incredible can still make it about ourselves when it's really supposed to be about the Lord. There's a true story of a professor named Dr. Stuart Blackie. He was a professor at the University of Edinburgh. One day he was, he was doing, in a class, that he was, uh, had every student standing up and they were supposed to read a chapter of a, a book and then report on it. And they were supposed to just, he, he was teaching them how to, 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 to do this report and he said, you need to stand up and hold your book in your right hand, read a passage of it, then stop and explain it. So he was trying to teach him how to, like, be a good orator, and, you know, and so he had, like, it was a whole thing, like, hold the book up, and talk like this, and do this, and, and make sure you explain it, and tell us what it means to you, this whole thing. So everyone in the class is doing this, and this one young man stood up, and he held the book in his left hand. Immediately, uh, Dr. Black, he said, sit, put the book in your right hand and sit back down. Well, the student was a little embarrassed, but he held up his right arm, and he was missing a right hand. All the students were, like, realizing what had happened. The professor saw this immediately. He stepped down from his lectern. He went around to where the student was seated. He walked over and he said, would you please stand? The student stood up and the professor looked at him with tears in his eyes. He said, I am so sorry. He said, would you please forgive me? I want everyone here to know I was wrong. I'm so sorry. Would you please forgive me? The student was taken back. I mean, this is, normally these professors act like they're gods of the classroom. He's shocked. He said, well, of course I forgive you thank you so much and he went back to his lectern and began the class over that was the day that that young man and that professor became close friends this story was told at a giant event, Christian event full of people listening to this speaker speak this preacher was, was preaching and at the very end of his talk he told the story and the preacher raised his right arm and he was missing a hand and he said I was that student and my professor knew the Lord and I didn't know what was different about him But I was shocked at his humility. And it drew me in. I was like, what is different about this guy? There's something different about the way he teaches. The compassion he had for me that day. And I asked him, what's different about you? And in his office he told me, I have a relationship with the Lord. It's through Jesus. And he said, and that man led me to Christ. Let me tell you something. Humility draws the work of God to you. Arrogance. Pushes the blessings of God away from you. In fact, as my friend Rick Warren says, he says, humility is a magnet to the Holy Spirit. It draws the work of God in. There's a, a, a famous guy that has a picture in his office of a turtle on a fence. <laughs> it's not really that good of a picture. It's just like that's kind of random. There's a turtle on a fence. Someone took a picture of it and he framed it, and put it in his office. One day someone said, What's up with the picture? And he says, oh, that's just a good reminder for me. He goes, I don't understand. What's the picture about it? He goes, I know it doesn't look that great, but every once in a while when I start to get full of myself, I'd look at that turtle on a fence. And if you ever see a turtle on a fence, you know he had some help. And it reminds me that when I look at my life, wherever I'm at, I had some help. We did not get where we are on our own. Let's be humble. Let's recognize the work of God in our lives. It's not about us. Right now, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want to ask you to pray a simple prayer if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. He humbly served you when he came to this earth. Then he humbly died on the cross to pay the price for your sins and for mine. He paid the price for what we needed. He didn't get his eyes on himself. His eyes were on you. Sometimes I wonder, what was Jesus thinking when he was hanging on that cross? The truth is, he was thinking of you and me. He died for your sins and for mine. Then he rose again from the grave. Now he waits for you to individually receive him. If you've never accepted Christ, you can receive him right now. by praying a very simple prayer. You can pray this prayer out loud with me right now. Across all of our campuses, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're in your car, on your phone, in front of your laptop. You can pray this prayer with us right now out loud and receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Just say this with me. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you just accepted Christ, I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand high. The only people who are looking at our campuses right now are those who are campus pastors. If you just receive Christ and pray that prayer for the very first time, would you lift your hand high to God right now? The Bible says, "Those who are not ashamed of me on this earth, I will not be ashamed of them in heaven." If you just pray that prayer, lift your hand high. You just let me know I just became a Christ follower. Thank you. There are hands going up all across our campuses. Thank you for that. Thank you. Praise God. Hold your hand high. Thank you. No one's looking around. Just our campus pastors. Thank you. We're going to pray for you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Because of that simple prayer of faith, you will be in heaven one day when you pass away. But Jesus is now walking with you. Just be ever mindful that he's with you from now on out. You're not alone. Whatever you face, you're not facing it alone. He's with you. Maybe you're watching right now on, on your phone. You can just put it in the text chat right now. Just put it, my hands raised. Or maybe you're on our platform. Just click hand raised. Just let us know. We just want to praise you. and We thank God for you. Just let us know. We lift your hand high. Praise God. Thank you. All of our campuses right now. Thank you. We see those hands. Thank you. You put your hand down now. Maybe you're already a Christ follower, but your prayer today has been, Pastor, honestly, this is a tough one for me. I got quiet today, Pastor, because God's convicted me because there's some relationships that I need to step away from. Maybe a friendship. Maybe even a dating relationship. And God's saying, where I'm taking you, that can't go. Sometimes you have to let go to be able to embrace what God has next for you. Is God speaking to you? Did you think your faith wouldn't cost you? It costs us. But if we'll pay the price to be a true disciple, God will bless that. So maybe today your prayer is to say, God, i got to back away from this relationship or this friendship. But I know you'll bless that. You obey the Lord. If the Lord is speaking to you, do not disobey. The longer you disobey God, the further you get from his will. So many people are like, oh, I want God to do great things in my life. Well, God's like, you've you got to start with the simple things, the simple obedience when no one notices so that I can do great work when everyone notices. you got to obey God when no one's looking. i want to challenge you to obey the Lord today. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you've taught us today how to really simply walk with you. Lord, we want to go from root to fruit. So Lord, wherever we've believed alive, or wherever we've not obeyed you, we want to get that right today. We want to obey you. We, want to, we repent of our sin. We turn to you, God. We want to get this corrected so we can see fruit in our lives again. Thank you for your word today. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. And God good? His word is so true.